0: Hello, welcome to What is Truth by Sinclair and Greg. I'm Greg. I'm Sinclair. Now it is the time on the What is Truth podcast for Stories with Sinclair. Right. Thank you, Greg.
1: Um, This is going to be an example of, I think, instead of, you know, most of them is what you don't do, but it still work by God's grace. I'm going to give you a couple of examples of what you should do. All right. And, uh, you know, you hear a lot about deathbed conversions and how, you know, they're just trying to buy fire insurance and, you know, stuff like that, you know. So uh, I going to tell you about, and I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version of it because we don't have a lot of time. I am going to tell you about three incidents where I went to a man's deathbed and witnessed to him, okay? The first one when I was, was when I was a county commissioner. There was a Democrat on the board named Eddie Dollar. And he was not what I would call friendly because I was the only Republican on the board and, and, um, and he wasn't what I call friendly, but I don't, this is 21 or 22 years ago. I don't remember exactly, but I do I have a rough idea. And so for some reason he came down with some terminal, something, yeah. and I don't remember what it was, cancer or I don't know what it was. And he ended up in the hospital. And uh, so I went to see him and he's laying there in the bed. And I walked, you know, and he, he knew who I was. He sat down beside our bed and I was, we started talking. I said, well, let me ask you a question, uh, Eddie. Uh, and I'm going to ask you listeners. I'm going to ask you podcast listeners the same question. Just pretend you're laying there in the bed. I said, uh, Eddie, if you were to die today and you stood before God and God said, Eddie, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? He said, I, I'd be in trouble. I'd sure be in trouble. Now I think that is the correct answer for a non-believer. He didn't say, "Well, I've tried to be good. I, I, mean, I know I've, I mean, I've done good deeds. I, I don't know if I've done more good deeds than bad deeds, but I think I've, I've tried to be good." That's the wrong answer. But he said, "I'd be in trouble." I said, "Well, can I tell you what? Can I tell you what the Scripture says about it?" Yeah, I wish you would. I said, "The bad news is this. Scripture says uh, the wages of sin is death." That's Romans 6.23, if you want to look it up. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life to our Lord Jesus Christ. I like gifts. I like that gift, man. And you don't have to be the captain of a slave ship to be a wretched sinner. Nope. Or an owner of an abortion clinic. Nope. You just have to be a cook. We come in the world that way. Yeah. I said, um, and the scripture says, none are good, no, not one. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. And I think in Isaiah 53, it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone his own way. Present company excluded, of course. And you know, and I explained a little bit more to him. And I said, Eddie, um, would you like to? And I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something probably like this: Eddie, would you like to, in prayer, confess? We call it the sinner's prayer. Greg, I'm going to ask you to explain that. But would you like to confess that you're a sinner and you deserve hell, and ask God to save your righteous soul? Am I pretty close on that, Greg?
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, uh yeah, a lot of people will use that term. It's not a a, ver, uh, a word that was used in the Bible, but when they call something the sinner's prayer, they you know it is a sinner praying, crying out for God to save them, and it's a recognition that you need His help. Right. And uh, because you know, as Sinclair mentioned uh, in Romans six twenty three, it says, "For the wages of sin is death." That means if you have ever done anything wrong in your life, anything wrong in your life. <laughs> The wage, what you earn, is death. And that's not talking about dying as in physically dying. That's right. talking about hell and damnation. Yeah. And then it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That mean, uh, To get a gift, you don't earn it. You accept it. And right. the way you I mean, accept it is you trust Jesus to pay for your sins and to make a way for you to get to heaven and then you ask for it because that's just a reaction when you want something you ask for it the sinner's prayer is you saying god i want this that's it it's that simple and and part of that is the recognition uh recognition that you need it that's why we call it sinner's prayer because pretend like sinclair was perfect and those close. You, I'm close. Those you uh, that don't know Sinclair, he's real <laughs> close. <laughs> real close. Uh, and I'm saying that with a smirk on my face. Yeah. It's not. And, and nor, nor am I. Perfect brevity. Uh, but, uh, pretend like he was perfect. Well, then he wouldn't need this prayer. It is. It is. It is just. And there is no exact words. You know, some people use exact words. I don't. I don't like exact words. I like to say 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 something like this. Because I I don't want people to just quote me. I want them to to think about what they're saying. And uh, I've I've talked to a a few people that have prayed a a sinner's prayer or a prayer asking uh, God to save them. And uh, many, all of them, have worded it differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it's been quite enjoyable to hear the words they say.
1: I think the the best example I can think of of the sinner's prayer is the thieves on the cross. Yeah, You know, because one thief, all of a sudden they went up there as unbelievers because they were ridiculing. You know They were saying, come, come down and take us with you, you know. And so, you know, read it. Go back and read it. There's a couple of accounts. And one account tells this, the tale where one thief says the other one, don't you fear God. Now he's acknowledging who Jesus in my opinion he's acknowledging who Jesus is and I think he is because later on he says when when you come in your kingdom. So he said don't you don't don't you don't you fear God? And um he said don't you know uh, this man ain't done no wrong? Now then he says don't you know we deserve what we're
0: getting? Mm-hmm.
1: Now so you know as a sinner you would say Jesus he led this sinless life, which we can't do. He ain't done no wrong. Um, and don't, you know, And the, in the fear of God would be, you know, the wages end of death, you know, mm, I don't want that. It's sort of like that hymn, grace taught my heart to fear and grace so fear relieved. Mm-hmm. So, and then at the end of this, this one sinner says to the other sinner, um, don't you know we deserve we're getting? Which admitting he's a sinner, and then he says to Jesus, and here's the sinner part. Oh, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, did I leave anything out in that? You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: but that, that but that's, and, and I asked him. I said, would you like to do something like that? He said, yes, I would. And so we prayed. You know, I confess I'm a sinner. I deserve hell, but you know, you made a way for me to, and I, and I want it. And so. And, and evidently he was a man probably in his 60s then, or not as old as I am now, but evidently he led all his life and he never come to that conclusion. So I'm gonna believe that by God's grace, that was, he gave me the opportunity to lead somebody in prayer. And then there was another man I knew, um, he and his wife owned a wallpaper shop in Hawthorne, and I'd gone in there to buy wallpaper because we were deck, we were redoing our house out there on the lake. And, and the wife was a believer and the husband, he was not he with all that silliness. So to make a long story short, I get a call. I was still kind of commissioner at the time from I guess from his wife saying that my husband's in the hospital with a terminal. And I don't remember exactly, I don't remember his name. And I went to see him and I did the same thing. And he came basically the same answer. Hmm. He didn't die. It's all silliness. I don't believe any of that stuff. And we went. We walked down the road. Uh, you know, Romans. You know, the, what they call the Romans Road. You know, you, uh, none good. No, not one. All sin comes short of the glory of God. And you know, and and he and he asked he asked Christ to come in and save his righteous soul. Now, here's the thing that I, I take great confidence in because you know, I, if you listen to our podcast, I tell you how. I've got to say, my wretched soul was when, you know, I was in the Coast Guard, he said, you know, long story short, you know, guys were watching Billy Graham and they were screaming and hollering at him and on board the ship Unimac and and in my head came these words, you got a date with Billy Graham. And then years later, 15, something like 15 years later, I find myself in Tennessee and we were, I was a counselor in a Billy Graham crusade in, yep. in Nashville. And the first night I went down as a counselor Now somehow I knew the second night we didn't go third night. Somehow Greg, I knew I was going down as a sinner. Mm-hmm. Now this guy gets up out of the bed and he looked at me. He says, I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. I didn't think it'd be here, but I knew it was going to happen. So somehow in his mind, God had revealed to him, I'm going to save your wretched soul. Now I'm going to believe that that wasn't, you know, buying fire insurance. Now, the third one I'm going to give you is a guy who used to rent a building from me and he came down with something and he was in an old folks home or some sort of facility in Ocala. And I rode down there to see him. And I said, can I, can I tell you about this? And he said, yeah. And I went through the old gospel and I said, would you like to receive Christ at your savior? He said, I'm not ready. And I guess thirty days later, he was dead. Hmm. So I don't know what's going on inside. I know this one guy said, "I'm not ready." God had not done a work in his heart for him to realize, "Oh,
0: this wretched man that I am! What hope is there for me? Who can deliver me from this body of death?" So not every person that you talk to on a deathbed readily well, accepted. And Which, he didn't
1: want. He didn't treat. He didn't say, oh, I, "Can I get fire insurance here?" Right. He just said, oh, I'm not ready. Uh, and it makes, uh, so the whole thing makes sense. And him. one day when, when when the Lord calls me home, I hope
0: to, I hope I see him. That's, yeah. Well, then, uh, so. Uh, this so what's the, your counsel, preacher? <laughs> counsel. Well, I, I um, you know what I would like, uh, you know, I, I was talking to you about, you know, your life and my life and how. Uh, we have good things happening right now, and, yeah, and yeah. we should enjoy them. And I think what would be sad is if you accept the free gift of salvation right at the end, and you don't get to enjoy life walking with that salvation throughout your life. Right. So my my uh, thought to the people out there in pod land, as you call it, hmm. is that you know maybe uh, you should think about it now instead of w- waiting until you're on a deathbed. We had a friend of ours uh, last week who was riding a, a motorcycle yeah. and a car pulled out in front of him and uh, he, he died instantly. He died instantly. So you don't know, you may be on your deathbed right now. Right, right, right. So now, Scripture says,
1: life's what a vapor, you're digging
0: yeah, on Exactly, exactly. So uh, um, I would suggest uh, thinking that way. So, uh, and, and that's another story from Sinclair.
1: And I appreciate y'all listening, because what I told you, the best of my knowledge, is the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Thank you.